What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. All right. You know, usually there aren't that many games left when we start our show on Sunday night, but there, there is a lot to be determined with Sunday night football, two on Monday, two on Tuesday, and we welcome you to Fantasy Football today. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and Heath Cummings. Just a couple of quick NFL hot takes for you. Number one, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. Number two, 49ers, sleeper Super Bowl contender. Discuss. Uh, yeah, I think you're right on with the MVP talk with Aaron Rodgers. To me, it's down to him or Brady. The The discussion about Jonathan Taylor, I can't take seriously yet. Uh, so I, I'm with you on that one. 49ers is a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. You know, it, it's hard to say... That, that's crazy when Jimmy Garoppolo has led the 49ers to a Super Bowl before. I think they're I think they might be better than they were then. They might be offensively. I, I gotta really think back on that. Yeah. Defensively, I'm not sure they're as good. What's up, Heath? Um, just probably the best day of fantasy football I've ever experienced. Um, and wow. we're gonna start the show off with a quick, quick, quick um episode of uh, fantasy cops regulators. No. <laughs> No. I'm in a league. It's a it's a ten team league. Only four teams make the playoffs. And last year, the playoffs, of course, started week 15, ran week 16 for the championship. This week it was supposed to be 16 and 17. The commissioner never changed the settings, so it was still set for the playoffs to start this week. The commissioner also never set the playoff matchups. So when I went to look at the scores today, there were no scores, and I brought this to the commissioner's attention. And he said, oh, yeah, the playoffs don't start until next week. Retroactively added another week of the regular season at approximately 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern on a Sunday. And the playoffs start next week. Of course, they've always started next week. I made that clear. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this is my doing. I made that clear. I told the league the playoffs start next week. This is the worst mistake ever. Yeah. Like I don't think any. I've done a lot of dumb things, the commissioner. Yeah, it's Dave bad. has done some things. Remember the these no zero dollar bid debacle of 2019. <laughs> I um, love. We've that, all though. done silly things, but this just takes the cake. 
Yeah, so I didn't realize that there were no matchups for this week in one of our podcast leagues in the 10 team. <laughs> You're the commissioner of the league. I don't, Nobody noticed. Nobody said anything. We've already had games. You're with. the commissioner. You're supposed to be the one to notice. I know, things. so it's fine. I fixed it. I fixed it. I added a week to the regular season. Bam, there were matchups. There were scores, and that's it. And it's not changing the playoffs from what I can tell. The same four teams are going to be in the playoffs to start next week. So it's, it's no big deal. Everything's okay. Listen, I got to tell you. The audio cops, if you're listening, understand. I know Dave doesn't sound uh, like he usually does. He sounds a little off. His microphone was not working. We had some technical issues, so he's using his laptop as his microphone. All right, let's get into it here with the biggest winner of Fantasy Week 15. Heath, who you got? Well, I think it has to be the best running back in all of football. Noted career feature back, Duke Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, who, you know, got... Pushed up from the off the practice squad because literally every single running back on the Dolphins team was on the COVID list. And then two of the running backs came back off the COVID list. And we heard, I think, at least three reports that Miles Gaskin would be the starting running back today. And Duke Johnson dominated in every shape, fashion, and form. Um, he dominated Miles Gaskin. He dominated the Jets. And like you looked at him in the fourth quarter of that game and he's still breaking tackles, which he did throughout the day. And it's the jets. That's what running backs do against the jets. But his, his uniform was all dirty. I think he had some of the paint from the other team's helmet on his helmet. Like it was the Duke Johnson truthers finally got to see him as the feature back. They said he was, and uh, he was incredible. Yes, and he's only rostered in 16% of leagues. Like, I, I have a question because I asked this on Twitter, and I think everyone else did. Did you guys both add Duke Johnson and drop him when Miles Gaskin was activated in at least one league? Yes. No, I never dro- I never added him. <laughs> I, I dropped him at 11.30 a.m. in a best ball league that I wouldn't have even had to start him. All I had to do was leave him on my lineup, and I could have had those points. Um, well, more importantly, he unfortunately has the Saints next week. So what does that mean for Duke Johnson right. in week 16? This is, it's all for naught, if you ask me. Um, I don't know if it's all for naught. Like, are they going to throw it to him? What we've seen a lot of teams do against the Saints and Tampa Bay is they just don't run the ball very much. They just throw the ball to their running backs instead of running it, and they've had some success that way. Well, obviously you got Adam, sixteen percent rostered, and he is the biggest winner. And then he's ten- at Tennessee in Week Seventeen. And it's not that hard to believe with their careers that Duke Johnson is better than Miles Gaskin. Um, no, not at all. It's just weird that he went through like seventeen practice squads on his way to the Dolphins. If he's better than Miles Gaskin. All right, Dave. Who's the biggest loser of Fantasy Week Fifteen? The biggest loser of Fantasy Football Week Fifteen. I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley. who It's not like he had an easy matchup against the Dallas Cowboys, but he got a decent amount of work. Again, didn't have a lot of numbers again. And I think that we're just at the point now where I don't think he's a must-start guy. When the matchup's good, maybe. When Jake Fromm's under center, eh, maybe that changes things a little bit. I don't know for sure. But I, I'm – Starting to get cold feet about Saquon Barkley, not just this year, but long term. What, Adam? You you watch every snap of Giants football. No. And I don't. So like, I'm sure you can explain this. I don't want to say I've, – I've teased you about this before. 
Why is Devontae Booker so much success, more successful when he runs the ball mm-hmm. than Saquon Barkley? It's a great question. I, I think it's because Booker just finds the hole and goes, and I think Barkley probably needs to do that a little bit more. I think maybe when Booker's on the field, teams, I don't know, maybe they... They don't, they don't take, key in on him as maybe, much. but at the same time, what are they doing? <laughs> Keying in on Mike Lennon? I doubt it. So no, um, I think Barkley would probably be kind of better served if he would would be a little bit more decisive. But that's his style, and and every now and then he pops a sixty yard run, you know, or, or whatever it might be. Uh, it's, you know, sixty's hard, but you know he breaks a big play. Booker's not usually going to do that, but I, it's concerning. And th- the only thing that saves him are the catches. He's he's pretty, you know, he's got a solid PPR floor. But also, just they are the Jaguars and the Giants. I think are the worst offenses in football right now. The Giants might be the worst. They just never have chances to score. So he, that's why he's. That's one of the reasons he's not a must start. Just he can't score. They're never in the end zone. All right. Well, let's see. Next week's at Philadelphia. Last time he faced the Eagles, he had fifty three total yards and four catches. That's that's Saquon Barkley for you. Um, all right. Great. Yeah, I know. Woohoo. Uh, let's uh, tell you about our Facebook group. You got a lot of questions this time of year. We can't answer all of them, unfortunately. So go to our Facebook group. There are plenty of threads for you to get your questions answered. There's Dynasty Talk, um, Start Sit, obviously, Waiver Wire. Great chatter just between a bunch of podcast listeners and avid fantasy football players. So go to our Facebook group. Go to, go to Facebook and search for Fantasy Football Today. Or there's always a link in the episode description. You can click that. News and notes. Just kind of a weird day because there were so few games, but so thankfully not that many injuries. But Joe Mixon left with an ankle injury in the fourth quarter, and that'll put Samaje Pirine certainly on our radar. He's got Baltimore next week. So there's right- an interesting nugget to that, Adam. Okay. According to True Media, he was in on the final snap of the game, which was a kneel down for the Bengals. Oh. Okay, so well that's good news. Let's wait to let's hear. I mean, maybe there's something that's already been said as of this recording on Mixon and his status. Maybe it maybe it was nothing. Maybe it does end up being something. Okay. Schrager's on the case. He'll find out. But Samaj P. Ryan, 25% rostered, already faced Baltimore once this year and had that was his only game with uh, more than five carries, and he had 11 carries, 52 yards, and a touchdown in one catch. Michael Pittman was ejected in the third quarter. I thought that was nonsense. No, unfair. Yeah, right? He should not have been ejected. No. I do think that the... The guy, and I don't remember who, Duger. Duggar. Kyle Duggar, Duggar yeah. yeah. He should be suspended at least one game. Hacksaw, you can't take Kyle Duggar. And then throw them down and punch them. What do you think, Dave? Hacksaw, Kyle Duggar? Hacksaw, Kyle Duggar. He would be a... No, because yeah, Hacksaw, Hacksaw for like, the large majority of his career was a baby face. Kyle Duggar was a heel. Oh. Taking away our Michael Pittman and, and starting a fight <laughs> on the field. All right, well, you know, because the names are similar, but sure. Well, there, yeah, there are going to definitely be Patriots fans mad at us for saying that he started the fight. He did. Start I do the- think that Pittman <laughs> kind of started it. Pittman just didn't do anything worth getting ejected over. Okay, he, that's fair. He did go up and get in Duggar's face. Yeah, yeah. And he got yeah, thrown yeah, to the ground because helmet ripped off and got beaten. I guess. I guess okay. he's a he's a very physical blocker, Michael Pittman. He gets yeah. under people's skin. But I like that. Damn it, Kyle. Uh, Nelson Aguilar left with a head injury. And by the way, just to go back to that, obviously Pittman was going to have a huge game if he had stayed at the game, right? So, you know. Yes. <laughs> no, was, he had a huge he had a huge target rate at the beginning of the game. 12 passes. Yeah. Well, no, at the beginning of the game, though, he had a high target rate, did he not? 
I don't know, but he was wide open. He beat J.C. Jackson, and and Wentz missed him on a deep ball. But no, he, he probably was not going to have a good game. They threw 12 times. I was joking. Nelson Aguilar left with a head injury. Saquon Barkley lost a fumble for the first time in his career. Julio Jones left with a hamstring injury. That's probably the last time we're talking about Julio Jones in the lineup this year. Uh, Pat Fryermuth left with a head injury in the third quarter. I believe they said that was his second concussion in the last month it as well. Is. So that's yeah, it was scary. Uh, Sterling Shepard tore his Achilles. That was tough. So uh, we can have um, maybe a debate about what, a discussion about what that means next season. Not right now, though. Rondell Moore left with an injury for the Cardinals. Rough day for them. Teddy Bridgewater, concussion. Tough one to also see there. Scary. Yeah. Very scary. Uh, Marquise Brown left and returned and ended up with 10 catches on 14 targets for right around 44 yards, I think. So I, I'm convinced that they ran two offensive plays like 90% of the time on that <laughs> final drive. They ran like a little hook for Mark Andrews and the crosser for Marquise Brown. Those are the only two things they did. And when they weren't there, Huntley was able to run. And that yep. might have been it for the whole second half, not just that last drive. Baltimore cornerback Tavon Young left with an injury. Like they need more defensive back injuries. And they also lost Tyree Phillips, one of their starting guards, to an injury. I don't know. Have I don't have an official number on this. I don't know if you guys do. I think the Niners stopped the Falcons in three goal-to-go situations, turned them over on downs three times. I have. To I know check. they did twice for sure. Yeah, we the, can, I can double check. Falcons that. left a lot check. of points on the board. A lot. How of many? How many almost touchdowns did Cordero Patterson have? At least two. <laughs> I think. I think it might have been. I think it might have been more. <laughs> And New England linebacker Juwan Bentley left with an injury as they get ready for a huge game against the Buffalo Bills next week. Early look at the waiver wire. Duke Johnson for sure. Samaje Pirine pending the Mixon news. And Schrager confirms that Mixon was in on the last play of the game. Uh, Amonra St. Brown is 50% rostered. The roster percentages are so tricky right now. Gabriel Davis is 24% rostered. He'll certainly be on there. Um... Yeah, I don't know. That that's uh, those are the headliners, I'd say. Uh, I would say Craig Reynolds, possibly. Craig Reynolds, Could sure. Be. He looked good. He's not a burner, but I I was watching him play, and as I was watching him, as I, I was thinking to myself, is he that much worse than Jamal Williams? Could he possibly be better than Jamal Williams? And I think he could. He yeah. might be. Lions might have something here from Cootstown. I was so, pronouncing it wrong last week. Yeah, it's Kudstown, I think. Uh, somebody we told, told me it was Kudstown. Somebody told me it's pronounced like the word could. Like could. It is pronounced like that. Kudstown. Kuts. Kudstown, yeah. Um, all right, so with that said, let's go to... Oh, I have a fun game before winners and losers. It's are you ready to trust these guys? Are you ready to trust Cam Newton as a starting quarterback? A fantasy starter. 25 points at Buffalo. Gets Tampa Bay next week. No P.J. Walker today. Are you? Uh, yeah. Th- by the way, pause real quick. Mark says Adam with the Duke Johnson prediction. I don't remember that. I don't think I made a Duke Johnson prediction. I appreciate the comment, Mark, but... I think I, you should go ahead and take the win on that one. I really didn't at all. You're taking wins on much, much worse. So. <laughs> what do you... T- uh, I... Uh, you know what, Heath? I did make a great Duke Johnson prediction, and I am the best commissioner. So with yes. that said... Well, one of those things was true. Neither are true. Are you ready to trust Cam Newton as a starting quarterback? 
My first like gut reaction is obviously not. Um, but then I think about some of the performances that we've seen over the past couple of weeks from quarterbacks that we say or we trust. And it's interesting if like if you take the Miami game out, it's not really that far off for any of the games. It's 150 to 190 passing yards. It's 50 to 70 rushing yards. It's does he have one touchdown or two touchdowns or three touchdowns? Um, against Tampa Bay, if they don't contain Taysom Hill, the rusher, yeah, then I'm probably going to have Cam ranked as a borderline top 12 guy next week. Okay, 42% rostered. Are you guys ready to trust Deontay Foreman as a slam dunk start? San Francisco next week. That run defense has been vicious. Yeah, I'm I'm nervous to trust him as a slam dunk start. There was too close of a split of the running back snaps between him and Hilliard and McNichols. And maybe they changed that a little bit because Foreman had the 100-yard game and Hilliard and McNichols didn't do a whole lot. But it's a tough matchup for him next week. And I'm just I'm getting nervous that this Titans team is going to really have a stinker uh, along the way here. So I I think he's startable, but not a must start. Okay, are you ready to trust Laquan Treadwell as a number three PPR wide receiver? No. Come on. No. (laughs) Six catches, fifty-seven yards for Treadwell, and that's now four straight games with fifty-three or fifty-three to sixty-eight yards. There's only one reason to trust him, and it's because he's playing the Jets next we're, week. We're in the fantasy semifinals. I hear you. That's true. Like I, it, I know what you're feeling and saying. We just and, talked about like seven guys, I think, who are on the waiver wire who legitimately might be good. Laquan sure. Treadwell is the most desperation of desperation. And maybe you you hit the lottery. I'm going to just tell my my really main positive story now. I churned 13 guys in one league, I think, on the waiver wire. Dave, I had the Twitter thread grow. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw uh, Just trying to find three different lineup spots I had to fill in a semifinal. Uh-huh. And I settled on Craig Reynolds, Jeff Wilson, and Gabriel Davis. Nice. Nah, it's beautiful. <laughs> that, um, what a nice feeling. Yeah, but that doesn't happen very often. All right, fine. But it doesn't matter. Time. It happened this week. Uh, it needs to happen two more weeks probably for that team. <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> It'll be. I'm interested to see what you do with your roster churn this week. Treadwell's the best receiver on Jacksonville. It's like saying you've got the you know best health but how is store that possible? in the unhealthiest city in America. Like what? What do we mean? Like we think that Treadwell over the next three weeks will score the most fantasy points because we don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't really mean. believe that Treadwell is it better than Marvin Jones. Well, it doesn't matter for for fantasy purposes. I think he probably he deserves to fantasy. be ranked the Why? highest, right? He is for me. They've, is it just that they've trained Trevor Lawrence to throw to whoever is not being covered by one of the top two corners? Because it was Dan Arnold for a while. It was Jamal Agnew for a while. It's James no. O'Shaughnessy and Laquan Treadwell now. Like those guys are not more talented than Marvin Jones. No, but they're getting open. And that's the whole key. Like at least Arnold was a nice short area target who on occasion would get open when he went further than seven or eight yards downfield. Treadwell is is kind of along that same line. He's he's able to get open. Okay. Are you ready for our next? Are you ready to trust this guy? Here we go. Sure. Are you ready to trust Marquez Valdez Scantling as a top 30 wide receiver? Ahead of Laquan Treadwell, for sure. Yeah. Agreed. 
and he's got a great quarterback. And Pete Prisco's been talking about MVS for a while, saying that he's the guy that the Packers need to really get going in the offense if they're going to be a, a Super Bowl contender. Because everybody knows that Devontae Adams is going to do big things. And everybody knows that Aaron Rodgers is going to do his thing. And the run game should be good. But MVS, with, with a couple of the matchups that are coming up, he's got Cleveland next week, Minnesota after that. These are matchups that I think MVS can take advantage of. He's definitely in the number three receiver conversation. Yeah, the problem is everything we're saying now, I feel like we were saying that about Lazard a week ago or even a few days ago. And then the week before that, we were saying that about MVS because he had two We've been saying it about MVS for years. The difference is that the target share for him has been really nice. Yeah, but not last week. last four. Right, right. But but I don't know. It's like between him and Lazard, it, they either they have a terrible games. If one of them has a good game, it probably means the other one had a terrible game. You know, yep. so that it's hard. I trust is not a word I use with with MVS. No, no. no but if I have a choice between trusting him or trusting LaCroix, get La- off of Laquan Treadwell. <laughs> I'm not sure. That's an easy one. Yes. but if it's him or a Munra St. Brown, I think <laughs> it's Brown. a no brainer to go St. Brown and yeah. PPR and half PPR. But non PPR, you might have more upside with MVS. Yeah, yeah, all right. I get it. Laquan Treble, you don't trust him. Uh, are you ready to trust Christian Kirk? Nine catches, 94 yards, and a touchdown on 12 targets as a must-start wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely a must-start. Like I think we'd all decided pretty much that he and A.J. Green were pretty close to must-start in three wide receiver leagues. Yes. Um, and this doesn't really change my opinion about what I said about the two of them coming in. They're kind of the same guy borderline number twos and some weeks one of them will be awesome and the next week the other one's going to be awesome and we're not really going to know so you just start both of them okay so let's go to the winners and losers dave we'll start with your winners you have a monra st brown eight for 90 and a touchdown on 11 targets craig reynolds you love the lions today craig reynolds 26 carries for 112 yards and one catch and Zach Ertz, although you wanted to, oh, no, you said replace him with MVS, but we're going to keep Ertz. We can talk about Ertz yeah. if you want to. Yeah, let's keep Ertz. Uh, okay. He had we'll 74 yards on 11 targets. So uh, how much are you going to trust those Lions guys, St. Brown and Reynolds at Atlanta next week? I'm going to like Reynolds if Williams is still on the COVID list and DeAndre Swift is still sidelined with his injury. I think they like what they've got in Reynolds. He's got good vision. He's good at cutting in his runs. He's got he can give them that rushing presence that they've been missing from time to time this year. St. Brown, I think, is a fixture. I think he's going to stay in as that main target, both short and mid-range. His touchdown was not a little dink pass from Jared Goff. And Goff's been playing better. Goff is kind of a winner. I yeah. just don't know if anybody's going to be really ready to trust him in week 16 in fantasy football. But St. Brown is trustworthy. He's been getting a good target volume. He's got a lot of catches in these games without TJ Hawkinson and without DeAndre Swift. We know Hawkinson isn't coming back. I think he's here to stay, and I think he's going to have a favorable matchup against Atlanta next week. And as for Ertz, he's somebody who picked up some extra targets with DeAndre Hopkins off the field. And it wasn't he didn't have a great game, neither did A.J. Green. But between those three guys, the two that I just mentioned and Christian Kirk, who we just talked about, there should be some decent games in store for two of the three from week to week. And next week, they've got Indianapolis. It's not going to be the easiest matchup in the world, but that's especially for their run game. They might have to throw in that game. And I think that that's one where we could see Ertz kind of compile his way to 10 to 12 PPR points, which for a tight end these days ain't bad. 
Dave, you're very good at looking these things up. Could you look up? I, I, I'll just preface it with this. I feel like when I watch the Cardinals, I feel like Ertz is getting a lot of targets in or near the end zone. And I wonder if you can maybe try to verify that. Does uh, it have to specifically be the end zone? No, the inside the five. I mean, I can give you the red zone. Uh, sure. Uh, right. But the reds, try maybe like inside I'm the five or ten. Whenever I lose something around the house, I always I like to say to my wife, "You're just so much better at finding things than I am." <laughs> he and then she goes is, yeah. and finds whatever I've lost. <laughs> then you don't have to look for it. You're she does often say to me, "You know." You could be just as good at finding <laughs> things if you would just try as hard as I do. I tried so hard to find off-target percentage. We have this, you know, we have True Media. We get these stats, and it's a great database. And I was trying so hard to find the off-target percentage on passes for quarterbacks for the season because I was thinking, all right, I think Aaron Rodgers is the MVP, but I want to see his off-target percentage compared to Tom Brady's because I think Brady. I feel like I've seen him be off-target a little bit more frequently. And they had, going into today, the exact t- same percentage of off-target off throws. And Joe Burrow, by the way, was the best, according to True Media, fewest off-target throws percentage-wise. Um, but I could not find it. It took me 10 minutes. I couldn't find the stat, and I finally just gave up, and I clicked the link that Dave gave me last week with all of the off-target. Dave looked it up for me and sent me the link, and I bookmarked it. So he's just good at He's very computer savvy. All right, anyway, let's I'm go to Heath. Heath's uh, winners. Duke Johnson, we talked about. Gabriel Davis and Devin Singletary. A couple of bills on here. Davis gets seven targets, catches two touchdowns, 85 yards, and Singletary with a great game. 22 carries, 86 yards. Well, prolific game for fantasy. 22 for 86 and a touchdown, one catch. Okay. Um, talk about them. Go ahead. Yeah, I think for Gabriel Davis, it's just like if he's going to live in this seven to eight target range with as efficient as he is and the types of targets he gets, he's someone who's going to be a borderline number two, high-end number three wide receiver, not far from that A.J. Green range. And it was just good to see him in the first game. We know next week the Patriots are going to do everything they can to take Stephon Diggs away. Then, Then the week after that, he gets Atlanta in the fantasy championship. So I think Gabriel Davis is just a starting wide receiver now in a three receiver league. Um, another week where it's a healthy scratch for Zach Moss, only there was a difference. The Bills got a lead and decided to run the ball in the second half. <laughs> and so I, I just think like there was no Moss. There was no Brita really in the running game. Right. And Singletary delivered in the touchdown run. It wasn't a one-yard plunge or anything like that. It was a really nice 16-yard run. It was. Great play. Or a great, yeah, great run by uh, Devin Singletary. Uh, all right, Dave has the results of the Zach Ertz game. The look for Zach Ertz. I don't know how much game. of a game it is. Unless the game is, let's see how much work we can give Dave uh, during a podcast. I like he had game. four red zone targets over the last two games. This week or on Sunday, neither one was inside of ten yards. In week fourteen, both of them were inside of five yards. Mm. Now, does that mean? The play originated from inside the five yard line, or the throw, the you know, play he, originated. Oh, okay, no, because I mean, the red zone, because I thought he was targeted at the goal line on a right, right, right. So I don't know if I've got one where I, I think I can look it up to it's see right. if he was near the goal line. It's all right, it's all right. But as far as mm-hmm. end zone targets, that's a stat that we track zero. Okay, for, I, uh, I think he's been pretty close to the end zone, but all right, anyway, yeah. 
Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the losers. A few of uh, some some high profile running backs are on Heath's losers list. Find out who he's a little concerned about going into week 16 when we come back on fantasy football today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We're back. We were not sure what to expect from James Conner and Chase Edmonds and a couple of duds is what we got. So James Conner is your first loser. Heath, also Cordero Patterson and Michael Carter. Are you considering benching Conner or Patterson going forward? Conner has the Colts and Patterson the Lions next week. Well, we just saw the Colts shut down Ramondre Stevenson. I I really was hopeful that there would be less Chase Edmonds and there was not really less Chase Edmonds on a on a per touch on a touch basis at least. And there will be games where they have more rush attempts than this certainly, but you're looking at the next 2 weeks against the Colts and the Cowboys, I'm not sure there will be in the fantasy realm. So, yes, I could see benching Connor or Patterson. I thought and the 49ers run defense is good. I don't want to take anything away from them. There were multiple times where they gave the ball to Cordero Patterson, and I thought, that looks like Cordero Patterson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it did not look like the imposter that we've seen in 2021. Um, so, I, yes, I'm probably more worried about Patterson, but could consider benching either of them for top 20 running backs. Not for Michael Carter, probably, this week, after he split time evenly with Tevin Coleman. And I think Tevin Coleman might have produced three times as many yards in the same number of carries. Um, it was an easing back in, but I don't. You can't have any confidence this week against Jacksonville. And then even if things go well against Jacksonville, the next week he's got Tampa Bay, so it's just kind of a disaster. And once again, maybe I'm wrong. I double check the box score. I'll do it right now. But Zach Wilson does not throw to his running backs. Well, but that's right? the thing, and that's that's what I had looked up. Like since he'd come back, he had thrown to his running backs on like twenty percent of his pass attempts, but he sure didn't in this game. Really? Maybe you're just spreading it around a little bit. Only two targets for Carter, and that was pretty much it. It yeah, felt like there was too much game. of. I'm sorry to interrupt you. It felt like there was too much of Coleman and Walter in the game as well. Those two combined for forty-eight percent of the snaps. Carter had 54% of the snaps. There were some where they were both on the field. Carter shared it with one of the other guys. And when they were near the goal line, it was Tevin Coleman on five of seven snaps from 10 yards or closer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, it's so annoying because they said they were going to give Michael Carter a lot of work. You know, these coaches are just such liars. Uh, by the way, Shagger coming through with the snap counts for the Cardinals. Connor had 32 snaps. Edmonds had 29. They both ran 16 routes. Uh, so pretty even split. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, yeah. All right, Dave, and you're a loser. Jonathan Ward 
had the garbage time for them. Your losers are Saquon Barkley and then Chuba Hubbard and Chase Claypool. Go ahead. Don't really feel like trusting Chuba Hubbard any further. Heath's been on the Amir Abdullah bandwagon for a couple of weeks now. And Amir Abdullah had been dominating playing time in general. He did again in this game. Caught a touchdown. Um, he, did he catch or did he run in? I think he caught no, he it. Caught he it. caught it. Like he caught it and then he ran in. Yeah. Okay. So Abdullah definitely has some upside in PPR leagues compared to Chuba Hubbard. I don't see many games left where Carolina is just going to be able to, to just pummel an opponent with their run game. And even if they did, Cam Newton's there at the goal line. They've got Tampa Bay next week, New Orleans the week after that. I don't think anybody should start Chuba Hubbard for the remainder of the fantasy season. Not even in week 18, they play Tampa Bay again then. Um, Claypool. Don't know how much I can really trust him. Not some Last week, he really didn't have his numbers until the final drive of the game for the Steelers. And that was in that crazy come-from-behind matchup. Roethlisberger wasn't very good at all this week. And I just, I wonder, I, I have a hard time trusting him. St. Brown is someone I will start ahead of Chase Claypool moving forward. Non-PPR leagues, I think it's a pretty easy decision to take the chance on Valdez Scantling ahead of Chase Claypool moving forward. So I've I just, I, I feel like he's had this great opportunity all year and he's had potential all year. And I know they're getting Kansas City next week. I assume the Chiefs defense will be back at full strength. I think it's going to be hard for the Steelers to really keep it competitive. Well, I, I've pretty much outlined it with Claypool. It's a wins and losses. It's not a necessarily a wins and losses thing, but it's a points against thing, and which ends up being a wins and losses thing. When they have to throw a lot, that's the only time Claypool is good. He averages about nine targets per game in wins going into today, or in losses rather, and about five in wins. Probably would have been better for him if Tennessee hadn't fumbled 17 times and just completely given the Steelers the game on a on a yeah. But but even if they had, I mean, it's not like first of all, Pittsburgh had the ball for less than 20 minutes or less than 21 minutes in this game, so that was working against them. Uh, It's just a matter of Tennessee's offense has been so bad lately, and I thought that was going to be working against Claypool. I begrudgingly started him; it was a mistake. Also, I'm confused about his stat line. He has zero catches for 12 yards on two targets. I've looked on three different sites. What what happened? Um, well, the Titans ran 78 offensive plays and the Steelers ran 45. No, no, no. He has zero catches for 12 yards on two targets. He has a, a lateral. lateral. Yeah. A lateral. Okay. Okay, I missed the play, I guess. Um, but I don't think I saw talking about how bad the Titans' offense is, and they certainly <laughs> are bad. But they averaged more yards per play in this game than the Steelers. Steelers stunk they, today. They, they were just, terrible. They just fumble and fumble and fumble. It's the only reason it was a game. Yeah. They're right. The Titans gave it away. I mean, just like they did yep. with, in the Texans game where they lost a few weeks ago. They had crushed them in total yards, but they just gave it away. Okay, um, that's it for the winners and losers. Let's see if there's any goal line work we need to know. I feel like we've done a disservice by not airing any grievances about um, Kyler Murray or Najee Harris or Amari Cooper people or Deontay Johnson. I feel like there's a lot of people yeah. that probably, I guess, are lamenting those players. And we should just say something about that. Pour one, like pour one out? 
Okay. Pour one out for <laughs> all of the guys we thought we were good. And all right, Eric, be careful. That's a great idea. So, I was I was big on Glennon this week. He had negative three points. Yeah. Kyle, what do you mean you were big on Jake, Jake Fromm? Well, I mean, if he was if he was big on Duke Johnson, I would believe he was big on Glennon too. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So fine. So you got Dak Prescott scored twelve. Kyler scored fourteen points. Those two got people are pissed. Uh, Tua scored sixteen. People are very upset about these developments. So well, that's the thing. Like, Tua was a terrible choice as the top streamer of the week, and still outscored like half of the guys we had in the top ten. So. Yeah. <laughs> Not really, did he? I mean, he outscored Dak and Kyler. Roethlisberger, he outscored. Yeah, he wasn't a top uh, 10 guy. No. Well, I mean, half the guys in the top yeah, 10 have The they, guys they in the top 10 played. who have played. Mahomes, Rodgers, Allen, Herbert had big games. Tyler Huntley was QB1. Jared Goff was top five. We'll see what Cousins and Stafford and yeah. Russ and Hurts all do. So much football left. And Garrett Gilbert. Okay, so those are your so, but okay. Are you worried about Kyler Murray first game without DeAndre Hopkins? And he it doesn't really matter. We don't. I don't think we have to worry about that anymore. We do. People who had Kyler Murray aren't playing fantasy football anymore this year. Heath. No, it's possible that they had other players that could help them advance. <laughs> we don't have to analyze those guys. Heath. Kyler Murray might have been on the same team as Travis Kelsey or. You know, anybody else that went crazy. Kyler Murray was so bad that Adam had to change the playoffs, yeah. but they weren't this week. That's what I was going to say. So we didn't have to use him. Some some people who have Kyler Murray were able to add a week to the season to make sure that they have him for next week. I can't believe you did this. No, it's all legit, honestly. Oh, yeah, it sounds very legit. But Dak Prescott, I thought he was going to have a great Maybe game. you have an investment system that you could teach me. <laughs> To help make but, me rich. And the funny thing is, it's like, but he gets Washington next week, so it's okay. Except he was awful against Washington last week. Yeah, right? yeah. What's going on? I can't I can't diagnose that offense. They, they're another team that is not getting explosive plays. And th- that's, a, you know, one thing I've noticed is just everything. It's like very short stuff. It's conservative stuff. It's just, it's just kind of a plain Jane boring offense right now. They are doing a major disservice by playing Zeke. He is so much worse than Tony Pollard. It's not even close. Um, but Dak Prescott is just, it's, he's in a funk. Lamb is dropping passes. Um, do you want to say anything about him? I don't know what to say. Um, I don't have any, I, I, but I felt like this multiple times. It's like the Kyler thing. I don't think it's just that DeAndre Hopkins was that important and he's, he's bad now. Um, I don't know why you felt that way. You hate DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is freaking great. (laughs) Um, I think where Dave think we go? lost Dave. Dave, come back. All right, well, we'll get Dave back. All right, so starter sit Prescott next week against Washington. Probably going to start him. Uh, okay. Dave's having a bit of an audio issue. We'll get that figured out. So the dud running backs: Miles Gaskin, obviously, barely played. Najee Harris. Najee was terrible. Just a disaster. Awesome. You hear me? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. We're talking about how bad Najee Harris was. Oh, yeah, that was pretty brutal. Yeah, he scored less than four PPR points, less than Oof. two non-PPR points. Did I miss the part where we talked about Kyler Murray being totally out of sync, especially when he was in the red zone? We didn't talk about Cardinals that. made some really poor choices. Like, they were able to move the ball, especially in the second half. And they were doing it with their run game. They didn't stick with it as much as they really should have. And then when they got in the red zone, Kyler was just off. That's that's Kyler's career without DeAndre Hopkins. 
Yeah, that's kind of true. Yeah. I, that's, a good, that's not a good... <laughs> it's a very deceiving comment that you made there. Because his career without DeAndre it. Hopkins was how his, his career was, was his rookie season. It was his rookie season. Okay? I know, but he had those red zone troubles. And then I remember making a big stink about how Hopkins was there to be his red zone buddy. Of course. And he was. Yeah, when he had six or seven touchdowns last year, so, though, so like it didn't sure. work. 90 and seconds I thought ago, that maybe... you were mad at me for not giving DeAndre Hopkins enough credit. Yes. And now I'm being deceiving by giving DeAndre Hopkins credit. No, that was had nothing to do with DeAndre Hopkins' credit. That had misrepresenting Kyler Murray's career. But I don't think I don't think you can take away DeAndre Hopkins and just expect him to be the same player. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Najee stunk. Um, I was a little troubled by Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman having basically oh, the same amount a of touches. Lot troubled. Yeah, that was brutal. You can't have any confidence in how the like they were bringing Latavius Murray in on plays just to pass to him out of the backfield. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. The bad job by them. <laughs> Great job by them going for two, though. Great job. No, they're being they're being crushed for that because huh? the 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 math. Decision, no, I think it's what they had to do. The math decision is go for two on the first touchdown that you score when you're down fourteen. Well, that they could because have because if you yeah. miss that one, you're going to go for two just like you would at the end of the game. But if you make that one, you can kick the extra point to win. But that's two separate arguments. Yes, they should have gone for two the, when they made it a fourteen-point game right. or fifteen point. But they this also whole thing I think, is going to drive people so crazy. They also and should. make football less enjoyable for such a large portion <laughs> of, of the population. Um, I'm not sure. Like I understand why it's good from the win football games. I think from the entertainment purposes, it's probably not. What going for two? All of this discussion about it. Oh, and the, the, the discussion, math. no, but the actual decision, like going for two when you're down one, that's an exciting play. Yeah. yeah. People are going to be totally focused on that one play. And the reason why they did it is because they couldn't stop Aaron Rodgers. And like they, they were putting it all on a coin toss then in overtime and having to make sure their offense could still go down and, and score again. I get why Harbaugh made the decision. It's the same reason why he did it the last time he had the chance. Keith, what was, what are your memories of the 1984 Orange Bowl, January second, 1984? Um, was that a was that and this probably wrong? I'm probably going to say something really stupid, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, did that involve Nebraska and Miami? Yeah. And what happened? Did, that, the, did that involve one of the teams choosing to kick an extra point to tie at the end of the game because they knew they would be number one in the end of season rankings if they did that? No, actually, it's the it's the gutsiest call ever. Yes, so Osborne if, went for it. If they had kicked the extra point, they would have won the national championship. But they didn't want to win it on a tie, so they went oh. for two. They missed, and Miami won the national championship. It is an incredible moment in sports. And I think I think even analytics would say that was not. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right, let's go to the games here, guys. Let's go to the games. Uh, Colts 27, New England 17. Remember that one? I I was so heartbroken by that Jonathan Taylor run. I just, I played against him in two leagues and I was just like, Dave has him, like we're facing each other in the podcast league. He's like, oh, wow, they really did a nice job against Taylor. 67-yard touchdown to clinch it at the end. Um, major take. Oh, got to believe it or not for this game. I was not prepared for this game, but I can come up with one really quick. Um, believe it or not, the 
bleeding. Jonathan, <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, I know I don't have one. All right, I'll try. Uh, uh, believe it or not, there's no more starting Michael Pittman. Yeah, I, I, I could lean toward that in non-PPR and half PPR. It's just, it's going to be the hardest in those full PPR formats to just absolutely get away from him. He's Arizona next week, not the easiest matchup in the world. But week 17, he's got Las Vegas. And, I, I mean, maybe it's just going to be as simple as letting Jonathan Taylor, you know, make his MVP case in that game and he runs for 200 yards. But I, I still think that that is a matchup where I would look at Pittman as a number three receiver in full PPR. Yeah, but Las Vegas actually, I think they're top they're five. They're okay against, against receivers. Top five. They've, they've had some bad moments. They're sixth. Sixth against wide receivers. Right. Um, yeah, it's tough to trust him for sure. And I think we were probably pretty shocked at Ramondre Stevenson's bad game. 10 carries for 36 yards. Yeah, just... Well, it's twofold what happened there. Number one was game script. Colts built a lead. The Patriots decided to throw, especially in the second half. And when they throw and, and when they're doing that, it's Brandon Bolden on the field in the hurry-up offense. And he was still splitting with Brandon Bolden even in the first half. So it... It's it's disappointing that he wasn't more efficient on his work, but in a game where they were down double digits relatively early, I guess it's not that surprising that he only had what eleven touches. Yeah. All right, Detroit thirty. It Arizona, does suck though. Does suck. Detroit thirty, Arizona twelve. Believe it or not, if DeAndre Swift is not back next week, you should start Craig Reynolds over James Conner. Ooh, all right. Let's do the matchups here. Conner gets the Colts. Reynolds gets the Falcons. I don't think I can do that. I think I'd give Connor another shot. Yeah, are you curious to know, to see what the snap counts would be if it were a more competitive game? Do you think that would have changed? It would have been more Connor? For the Cardinals? Yeah. Uh, no, I think it would have been pretty close to 50-50, which is what it was at for this game. Right. I'm just wondering if the score made it more of an Edmonds game. But they both ran 16 routes, like as Schrager you know, yeah, I mean, we can we can look and see what they did in the second half. Are you interested in knowing who played more in the second half? Is it going to mean more work for you? No, nah, I got it. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm interested. Okay, we yeah, talked about um, also, like, I guess Amon Ross St. Brown's just a top 20 PPR wide receiver rest of the season. I believe it. He's Hunter Renfro. With a few more targets, he's Hunter Renfro. I don't know what to make of it. I I, I don't know be about honest, a few more targets. I was pretty skeptical. Oh, I mean, I, he's had 12, 12, and eleven, and Renfro gets eight or nine every week. Yeah, okay. Yeah, eight or more catches in three straight games, and seventy. He would have had more yards. in this game if if Arizona had shown up. <laughs> I don't think they'll have too many more games where they they don't throw right. in the fourth quarter. So in the second half, the Cardinals played a total of 50 snaps. I believe 11 of them were garbage time. So take those out. Edmonds played 20 snaps. Connor played 18. Uh, I don't have the routes in front of me. I don't know if that's something that you necessarily have to have right now. But it seemed pretty close to a 50-50 split all the way around. Okay. Buffalo, uh, yeah, I think that's probably good for this game. Buffalo 31, Carolina 14. Um, I mean, we already talked about him, but I'm just, I think it's the best one to do. So believe it or not, Devin Singletary is a top 20 running back next week. At New England, probably going to have 
better weather than the last time they played. And the Patriots' run defense, look, getting gashed by Jonathan Taylor, everybody gets gashed by him, but they weren't amazing coming into the game. I think they ranked 19th in the NFL in rush yards per game. That's total rush yards per game allowed. I Top 20, I don't know if I buy, but I could see him being top 24 in PPR for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm feeling Dave's vibe there. What about what a vibe it is? What about DJ Moore? Moore with a bad game, six catches for 48 yards, but he did have 11 targets. Uh, Had a two point catch. Yeah, Cam threw 38 Finished times. With 12 which is PPR a lot. points. 12 PPR points, which I feel like is all. right around where he'll be. I call that Treadwellian, Treadwellian <laughs> performance. <laughs> That's well, but except that, like, it's like 25% more than Treadwell's average. Treadwell scores nine every week. We give him credit for 11 and a half. Yeah, I just like, you know, I think he deserves <laughs> He's better that. than Treadwell. I think he deserves that. He, he, give him the benefit of the doubt. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I actually had a real believe it or not for this game. I just forgot it. Okay. Um, believe it or not, Amir Abdullah is a good flex next week. No. No. I've already kicked him to the curb. Mir Abdullah, not Chuba Hubbard. Oh, that's what did I? I thought you said Chuba Hubbard. I, I still don't know Abdullah. if I love Amir Abdullah. No, I no, I said it. a good flex. I didn't say a top twenty-five running back. Um, but I do think what have we seen almost everybody do against Tampa Bay with their running backs? Throw to the not run the ball and sure. throw the ball. Throw them. Throw to them. So I think it's an Abdullah game. I would guess he's going to catch four or five passes. Yeah, right. Does that, that seven puts PPR him in the points? Flex conversation, or does that put him in the oh crap, I'm desperate at running back? Like if you if you were penciling in Chuba Hubbard to be an RB two for you the rest of the season, I know. Uh, I think this is a week where you've got to put Abdul in for Chuba. We right? pretty much nailed um, it with with Chuba Hubbard. You had one chance at a good game with Chuba Hubbard. It was last week against Atlanta. You're lucky he scored there, and there was no appeal to him after that. Uh, by the way, it was funny that as we were having this conversation. Taysom Hill threw a pass to Alvin Kamara against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. His second of the game. <laughs> hey, hey, now. Uh, all right. Anything else from here? Nope. Great. Uh, Cole Beasley or Gabriel Davis, rest of season? Gabe. Davis. More fun. Getting the opportunity. <laughs> Dallas 21, Giants 6. Very impressive. Two-possession game. That's what we strive for in Giants land. Two-possession games. All right. What do we got here, Heath? Believe it or not, Dalton Schultz is still a top 12 tight end. Uh, this is a game I look forward to reviewing because I'm really curious what happened <laughs> yeah, to the yeah, wide receivers. I wouldn't receivers. spend too much time on it. It's pretty gross. To which wide? To <laughs> yeah. the Cowboys wide receivers? Yeah. And I know you watched it. Was it I, Dak so, missing him? Just so everybody knows, them? it's not like I it's not like I watch the Giants. No, look, what I do is I watch Red Zone, and then I I have another game put, on my laptop. Put on my Giants onesie. I, I have another game on my laptop, okay, so it's so either you, whatever's on. So if it was the Giants at one o'clock, and it was the Ravens Packers at four thirty. So right. so I yes, it was on. Lamb had had two or three balls that I thought were drop. One was a was a drop. Right, a, I remember couple, that one. Couple were not great throws. I just like. I gotta check. I, I checked the intended air yards per pass attempt. It's not like uh, it's much different than earlier this season. It's just go look at the games and look at the explosive plays. They had some in the Raiders game, but mm -hmm. in I would say three of the last four, maybe four of the last five, they're just they're just boring right now. And I'm not smart enough to know what's going on. The offensive line is not as good, but I still think it was fine today. And 
They're just not connecting on big plays. Okay. So it could be, and this is just me spitballing here, it could be that Prescott's trying to get rid of the ball quickly because he knows that his blind side has a backup there compared to Tyron Smith. And we've seen him struggle without Tyron Smith at left tackle before. And so easy outlet, big giant tight end. Might as well lean on him a little bit, especially if his other receivers are not. But it's I, the reason why it it's not just this game. I mean, it's it's about five games now. I think that I think that you know I was willing to give him a pass when it was no Cooper and Lamb hurt, right? But the last sure. two games against Washington and the Giants, with all his weapons back and healthy and playing their normal snap shares, I don't understand it. No, I, that, I'll tell you what it could maybe be. They're just letting their defense win the game and being more conservative. I don't know. Yeah, it could We've be a little bit of that. Most of the good quarterbacks this year, though, yeah. have gone through a stretch like this. Yeah. And we've just kept starting them. And for, like, Lamar didn't come out the other side yet because he got hurt and then Huntley played. I think he'll come out the other side. I think Dak will come out the other side. Mahomes came out. Josh Allen had what a two was a two or three game stretch. He came out the other side. It was brutal. He did. Yeah. It I call it the what's wrong with stretch where all the people all the fantasy managers. I don't are going, like that name because we don't ever that asks a question that we never have the answer for. But that's what I'm saying. That's what people always ask. What's wrong with right. whoever's struggling right now? Yeah. So what did we say about Dalton Schultz as the top twelve tight end? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he qualifies. I think he absolutely qualifies. Uh I don't know if Washington I was watching one of those teams that we like to start tight ends against. I don't think – I think they're starting to become one. If neutral, I if I, as I recall. On the season, maybe they're neutral, but I think they've started to become a team that we like targeting. And they, do they have the Eagles after that? Who, they have, uh, no, they, they have, have the Eagles uh, week in week 18. 18. Week it's 18. Washington and then Arizona, and you don't want to trust Arizona or trust Schultz against Arizona. Okay. So we'll see. Next week, yeah, he's probably in that top 12 PPR combo. I don't think we have to say much else about the Giants. We already talked about Saquon Barkley. He was Dave's biggest loser all the way at the top of the show. Uh, for the record, Washington 14th against tight ends as of right now. Uh, how about Houston 30, Jacksonville 16? You know what? Let's give the guy some credit. Believe it or not, Brandon Cooks is a top 20 wide receiver no matter where he plays next year. Ooh, you went in a different direction with it than I mm-hmm. thought you would. No matter where he plays next year. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Houston because I think he's already said that he's not going to play for anybody if he gets traded because he's tired of teams telling him where he's going to live. I'm going to go look at his contract situation and see what's what. Um, like he's, he, I think he's going to continue to be one of those guys who's just boom bust each week and you'll get to round five or six in your draft and you'll run out of receivers that you think are going to confidently get your points most weeks. And then you gravitate toward the guys who you'll start them every week and you'll hope that the weeks that they actually do boom, they put you over the top for a few wins. Yeah, there aren't that many consistent, reliable wide receivers, you know? Right, like he's going to finish the year, I would assume this year again, what, 15 to 20? Yeah, probably. They could cut him and save almost $9 million off their cap. What a great pick. Do they have a cap problem? No, but they have a good player who wants to be there. That's rare. All right. How we'll, about, see, we'll see how badly he wants to be there. He's got some voidable years after that. How about the start of the but week, James it, that, Robinson, that, guys? Come on, let's I, go I to James go back Robinson. To that for just All right. Because that's, that's, like, that's right. acting as if like, maybe if he agrees to take a pay cut, then the, the Texans should. Brandon Cooks is a f- 
freaking great wide receiver. He who does this year after year after year after year. And then the, the believe it or not was trying to get him. So I didn't want to end it on a, well, maybe, maybe the Texans will keep him if he'll agree to give them some okay. money. Well, he's, he'll be a free agent after next year. He's going to be in a contract year. He'll also be 29 next year. There's a chance that he could be better than a guy that's, you know, great eight weeks and bad nine weeks. Okay. So now start of the week, James Robinson comes through 21 touches, 18 carries, three catches, 88 total yards and a touchdown. Looks like a must start. Yep. At right, the Jets next week. <laughs> yes, sir. Beautiful. Top five, maybe. Miami 31, Jets 24. Um, Believe it or not, Tevin Coleman is the best running back on the Jets rest of the season. I do not believe it. Statistically, I don't think I believe it. I know talent-wise, he's not. I don't think he's he's there. No, I meant for fantasy purposes, not not talent. I, I get what you're saying. No, no, I I still don't think it's him. There's no. There's. I honestly no don't know. If, I don't know if there's a Jets player. I'm just going through the, the the roster in my head. I don't know if there's a Jets player. I'll feel real comfortable starting. Elijah Moore would be the only one, assuming he does come back this year. Yeah. I, if the and Jets when, when don't, does he come back? Week 18. He's eligible, I think, week 17. If the okay. Jets don't right. make Michael Carter a priority over the next few weeks, what are they doing? I, it just they have to know what they're they have to try to figure out what they have in him, right? So I would hope that you they think give today him was work. just easing him back in after they told us they weren't going to. I don't know. I I think if you look at how much more work Aaron Jones got today, I don't know if that's the same thing because Jones played the week before the bye. I think, yeah, I, I think it makes more sense. If you just look at what was going on before the injury, he was really starting to dominate the touches. And what's at stake? They don't need to evaluate Tevin Coleman. They need to evaluate Michael Carter. So I'm opt. I'll just say it. Bold prediction. He has 15 touches next week at Jacksonville. Home okay. against Jacksonville. I hope you're right. Maybe that gets him 80 total yards. Maybe that makes him someone that we'll be happy to use, but I don't think we're going to want to really trust him the week after that. No, against Tampa Bay. Now, would you go back to oh, thank you. Tua, Tua Tungabailoa if he gets Jalen Waddle back next week against the Saints? Yeah. I, as a streaming quarterback, potentially. Okay. All right, let's go to our next game. Pittsburgh 19, Tennessee 13. Woof. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, you shouldn't actually feel good about starting any of the Steelers next week. I'm always going to feel good about Deontay Johnson. They're playing the Chiefs next week. Go ahead, Dave. What's your answer? Sorry. My answer is that I'll feel okay about Deontay Johnson. I'll still be very compelled to go with Najee Harris, although I think you do have to knock down expectations for him at this point. He just hasn't been amazing. Um, that Those two might be it. I don't know if we're going to have Fryermuth. That'll hurt Roethlisberger. And as crazy as that sounds, that, yeah, rookie tight end could – end up hurting Big Ben. And I don't feel particularly good about trusting Roethlisberger. Well, I think the tough evaluation for me in that game is going to be this is the type of game that I think is good for Roethlisberger. If I think the Chiefs offense is back, which I'm not convinced. They're pretty crappy for three quarters. But if they can put up 30 points, that means probably 40 pass attempts for Roethlisberger in a normal week. That means I really means I'd like Claypool. Nobody's going to love Roethlisberger. But the Chiefs 
are pretty good against wide receivers. So it's going to be a tricky one. The player in that game that I'm going to go right back to is Edwards Hilaire. Oh, why? People were because I think they can run the ball against the Steelers. Right, but but they could they were supposed to run the ball well against the Chargers. Not sure. You know, and I, Edwards Hilaire didn't have a lot of those value snaps. That's, that's it right there, Dave. Daryl Williams was playing short yardage goal line and third downs. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Heath? You going to go back to the Steelers next week? I they will probably be lower ranked than they have been at any point this year. Um, but I would imagine Deontay will be in my top 20 and Najee will be in my top 18. If I was guessing, I think there's a chance that I could sit one or both of them, but I would have to have a really great roster for that to happen. It's the time of year for really great rosters though. Right. So, I mean, we shouldn't lose sight of the fact I said that Najee hasn't been great, but coming into this week, at least goodness gracious, like 15 plus PPR points, literally every game except for weeks one and 12. Yeah. So maybe he deserves a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt there. All right, guys. San Francisco 31, Atlanta 13. Um, like I could do a bunch of them here, but let's just say, um, yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, Cordero Patterson's no longer a must start running back. I can buy into it for a, to a degree. Mm. I mean, he's still getting work in short yardage goal line situations, he just didn't score. But even if he had scored in this game, his rushing average was poo. So 18 rushing yards and then only five yards receiving. So he would have, I think he would have had exactly 10 PPR points in non decimal had he actually scored. One more for Adam. Believe it or not, Russell Gage actually is a must start wide receiver. Yeah, because I think that you look at the wide receiver landscape and it's once you get to 18 to 20, right? You're probably not feeling and great about those guys. So he's doing things that are so different than he's ever yes. did done in every year. Yeah. Like he mossed a defensive back in the end zone today. Yeah. And he's making plays downfield. Yeah. He did it twice. I mean, one was in the end zone. I guess that's my only concern. If you did take away those two catches, which are not catches I would expect Russell Gage to make, it's not really that good of a game. But I think but he had like a 36 targets. yard catch the week before. Yeah. And he's, well, he's playing on the outside now, too. Uh, he's an absolute must-start. There's no way he's out of my lineup. Too but, many targets. Yeah. So do you feel like Gage is ahead of Amonra St. Brown, or do you kind of think they're equivalent? Ahead of. Okay. I think they're close. I think they play each other next week, right? Yes, they do. And that's another thing I like about Patterson, by the way. You know, Lions mm-hmm. give up a lot of rushing touchdowns. They do. Um, what did you make of, finally, Debo Samuel gets five targets. Of course, he had a rushing touchdown. <laughs> but four catches for 60 yards, and Ayuk, very uninvolved, only two targets. And Garoppolo only threw 23 passes in this game. But what would you make of the passing game? Well, mostly Kittle. Um, Ayuk is not a must-start wide receiver. He's behind Gage and Amon Ra. He's, uh, he's in that number three conversation. That Total have, boom bust. Yeah. Yep. Could have a great week. May get two targets. Jeff Wilson with a big game, 55% rostered, 21 carries, 110 yards, and a touchdown with two catches. All right, Carolina, Cincinnati, rather. Cincinnati, 15, Denver, 10. Hug. Um, believe it or not, you might actually have to consider sitting Jamar Chase. Next week is Baltimore. No. <laughs> he had four targets in this game. Tyler Boyd was the guy. You know, this was the game I was really 
I have Jamar Chase in one league, and I was very happy that it wasn't a playoff game as the league that I added a week to make sure this wasn't a playoff week. Yeah. Oh. I I really felt Keep talking Kyler about and Chase on that team. I felt what, very what nervous. Fortune very nervous about exactly. the Broncos, about the uh, Bengals wide receivers. Oh, no. Chris Godwin. Yeah. Oh, no. Just literally. All right. Well, not good. yeah, we'll see what happens. Hopefully he's okay. Um, sorry. Heath. Yeah. Well, Dave, what do you think? Uh, you might have to consider sitting Jamar Chase. I don't believe it just because it's the Ravens next week. And Burrow throttled them earlier this year. Predictably, I might add, because of the style of defense that they play. I wonder if they're still playing as much man coverage and pressure quarterbacks as much as they have been, given all the guys that are missing in their defensive secondary. And I expect a lot of those guys to be back this coming week. But if their style is still to play man against Joe Burrow, then Burrow should have a good game, and I think Chase would benefit. Well, to be clear, they're not going to be healthy in their secondary because not like all the way healthy, but there were dudes who just were who would have played if not for being placed on the COVID list for Baltimore. You're saying for Baltimore, okay, yeah, because they're still going to be without Humphreys out for the year. Yeah, right, 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 right. They're starting safety. and that obviously is a Tayshawn Gibson. I think is out for the year. Uh, all right, Heath, what do you think? Starter sit Chase next week. I think he'll be a. Um in that borderline number two range for me. I'm not certain he'll be a top 20 wide receiver. What did I you- think we could almost apply this question to everybody on the Bengals. How good are you going to feel about T. Higgins? I'm going to feel good about him. Slightly better than Chase. All right. It's a big difference in competition here. First of all, you know, they gave up 10 points and they threw 22 times. Ravens should be able to do better than that. More pass attempts for Burrow, right? Broncos secondary is worlds better than the Ravens. Sure. Uh, let's talk about the Broncos running backs. They both get 15 carries. Javante gets four catches, only nine yards. Javante, 72 rushing yards. Gordon, 53 rushing yards. No touchdowns for either guy. Gordon had one catch for eight yards. And it's, it's, Javante, uh, go ahead. It's the same. Like nothing. It's just mm. like Williams is getting a little bit more in the passing game now. That's great. But. I get nine yards on four catches. That didn't really do a whole lot for you. It does not. Uh, but you're right. He's playing a little bit more on third and fourth downs. This is the second game in a row where he's had a pretty discernible advantage over Melvin Gordon there. He played 58% of the snaps. Melvin played 42. I'm not sure if there was a point in the game where Melvin was sidelined. I'd have to double check it. But if he wasn't, then I would say it's pretty good for Javante that He's got effectively a 60-40 split. Okay, good. Godwin's walking off under his own power. Yeah. Um, but Javante, almost a 60-40 split right now. That's, That's good. good. Next week, they have the Las Vegas Raiders, so it's a good opportunity to run the ball. Should be a great one for him. Green Bay 31, Baltimore 30. What a game. Uh, believe it or not, you can't trust uh, Ravens running back again. Okay, next we got to give the schedule. Next week's well, at it's Cincinnati. Cincinnati next week. Uh, right. Does, it, does it matter who they're playing if one of them gets six carries and one of them gets seven? Uh, if that's the case, no. Right. Is, <laughs> is this the future? Is this what they want to do by getting Latavius more involved? It was Well, they, I mean, they chose to do it today. I would Latavius, love... it, wasn't, it wasn't a mid-game change. Latavius started the game. And I think he played more snaps on the first drive than Freeman. Well, Freeman had three of his six carries on the first drive. I'm he almost did. positive, right? 
yeah, but yeah. okay, so just to frame it, I'll let you guys answer that, you, believe it or not, but it, the two games before this, Latavius Murray had five combined touches, and Freeman had four straight games with 13 to 16 carries. So it looked like he was running away with this. And then today, yeah. six carries for Freeman, seven for Murray. They both have one catch. So what, you, what yeah, was your I mean, believe it or not? You can't you can't start a Ravens running back? You can't trust a Ravens running back, I don't believe. Freeman played more snaps, but it was very close. Not very close, but Freeman played 38 of 67 snaps. Murray, 27 of 67 snaps. What made me upset was seeing Murray so much more near the goal line. Or at least it felt that way. Yeah, they're going to be tough to trust, I guess. So is, yeah, it's probably true. So is Marquise Brown, I think. I, I, how do you guys sure, evaluate yeah. this stupid, strange game? <laughs> 10 catches, 43 yards on 14 targets. How many deep throws do you remember Huntley making against Green Bay? One to Bateman, I feel. Okay, so maybe, it wasn't maybe? until the fourth quarter last week when he started to throw a little bit more downfield and he was okay at it Bateman had a couple of those big catches oh I'm sorry I should have said this earlier in the show but they are expecting Jackson to play next week well that'll help that'll help Brown uh, it doesn't do anything for Andrews Andrews is a stud no matter what I think he might did he get back to being tight in one for the year yeah, yeah he must have. I don't know but pro- probably he's been amazing believe it or not Mark Andrews should be the number one tight end in dynasty I don't know if we can make a case for anybody else. Pitts. I don't know if you can make a case for anybody else. Pitts had a quietly nice game today. <laughs> he, said, he, he should have caught a touchdown. He didn't. He had a quietly nice season. He's had a he's had a quiet season. Quietly, he's going nice to break season. the rookie tight end record for yards and maybe catches. Post merger, right? Yes. Yeah. I don't think he is. He really is. He going to get a thousand yards? I don't think he needs a thousand. I think Ingram had like eight eighty or something. That's the record. I thought Shockey had a thousand yards. Uh, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I'll you are, up. but that doesn't mean you're Pitts wrong. Pitts is at eight hundred and forty-seven yards. Oh. Okay, let's see. I know Ditka has the record, but that was pre-merger. Eight ninety-four. Eight ninety-four. Okay. So he's gonna. He'll he'll break he'll break that in fifteen games. And Ingram had. 722. Um, yeah. Why does it feel like he's been so crappy? You know what I mean? Because he's had a terrible year in terms of touchdowns. But 11, 11, 8, 4, 5, 10, 9, 3. What is that? PPR combination of my luggage. The the point (laughs) of this exercise, I think, is to remember what we said in the offseason. It's not fair to expect Kyle Pitts to be the greatest rookie tight end ever, and we're drafting him a place where he could be the greatest rookie tight end ever and still be a bust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what he's going to do. The numbers I yapped were his PPR totals in reverse chronological order. So eleven points this week, eleven the week before, and so on. Eleven, you get eleven a week. You're like eighth. Let's finish this show with your thoughts quickly on the Packers running backs as A.J. Dillon had eight touches. Aaron Jones had 15. Dillon did get a rushing touchdown. Jones a receiving touchdown. And 
Is it easy to rank Jones ahead of him next week? Number one. And number two, is Dylan outside the top 24 next week against Cleveland? Probably both inside the top 24, but yes, Jones ahead of Dylan. Yeah. All right. Both ahead of Devontae Freeman, for sure. All right, everybody. Thanks very much. Hope you had a successful week 15. We still have a lot of games left, so we'll be able to recap them on Tuesday and Wednesday. And change your waiver wire settings. Run waivers on Wednesday night instead of Tuesday night. I guess you don't have to, but I think it would probably be Why? easier for you. Like I know we've said this, but this this week particular, like I remember when there was a Wednesday game. Why for sure? Why? But because give yourself a little time to, to sort of, you know, to think about it after you get two games on Tuesday. Maybe you set your waivers on Tuesday afternoon. Then you have to change them Tuesday just, night. It's amazing that you have the energy to go change the waiver wire date one day. Have a great oh, day, we everybody. We'll talk to you later on Fantasy Football Today. All is well. All is well. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.